Yeah, so it was an early morning this morning. I was, uh, I'm a light sleeper. Phone was on vibrate and I got some text around 3.30 and I realized that Devin Kershaw was already obviously up in Norway and uh, was ready to do the interview. You know, I texted him right back and I just said I had the caffeine up, which I did, and uh, gave Devin a call. This is the first episode of what we're calling the Devin Kershaw Show. And for the first few weeks, as we get our feet uh, under us, so to speak, I'll be calling Devin weekly uh, after the races, after the World Cup races, and we'll just kind of get his thoughts on how the weekend transpired, any analysis, any news items of note. But essentially, what we're going to be talking about is this. All right, this is uh, Jason Albert, and I have called Devin Kershaw, and this is really Devin's show here, our inaugural, uh, our first uh, episode of like post-World Cup recap with Devin. And Devin, you are in Lillehammer, is that correct? That's correct. I'm in beautiful Lillehammer, Norway. Okay. Do you guys have snow on the ground there? Oh, we have so much snow on the ground now. Actually, I went out for a ski up in Shushan this morning. So all the athletes that are traveling here after Ruka are in for a real treat up there because conditions are absolutely amazing in Shushan. So Sweet. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great weekend of racing here next weekend when the circus comes to town. Okay, and did you ski with a polk are you re- or just solo? Not today. Today I, I took uh, I took five. I've been studying for some exams that are coming up. So today I uh, I got leave from the boss and uh, headed up for a, for a solo ski. So it was, uh, it was great. Let's talk about the opening, traditional opening weekend uh, for the World Cup, this Ruka Mini Tour. So we had a classic sprint, classic interval start with a 10K and a 15K for the uh, men and a skate pursuit today, 10K for the women and 15K for the men. So a lot of good solid racing and some cool news story items uh, to chat about. So what kind of struck you on the women's side? From the women's side, of course, Therese Yohug. Yes, we've talked about it so many times. She's so much better than the rest in distance racing and she proved that again today so maybe that's not so interesting if you're looking for fireworks uh day in day out but the fact of the matter is you're witnessing like a true legend of, of the sport and she perfects her craft every weekend so today today as well she won easily but um, behind that there's a lot of different nations can competing in the women's side and i thought that was just so much fun to see i mean today let's let's get right into it with the americans three Americans in the top 10 in the mini tour standings. Yeah. Like that is so awesome. So that is so good for the sport as well. And there was five different nations represented, represented uh, as well uh, in the top 10 in the overall here. You absolutely phenomenal. Sadie Bjornsson (laughs) taking into the last day in the yellow Jersey or the yellow number, I guess, yellow vest or however you want to call it. But (laughs) The World Cup overall leader was an American woman today. How amazing is that? Go back 15, 20 years and pull up the fist results from that era, from the women's side in the U.S., and to think, fast forward only 15 years, that you have someone leading the overall World Cup in the first weekend of racing. Unbelievable. So so many great storylines from the women's. I thought it was amazing. Heidi's back in the game, second today. Wonderful race by Heidi today. She's been nowhere. Yeah, what I'm kind of curious, like, and I, I want to pop back to Sadie in a sec, but you know, Heidi Vang obviously 
was killing it several years ago and just sort of popped off like the top three or the podium radar. What's been the buzz about her in Norway? Oh, it's been, I feel bad for her, honestly, because, you know, it is a pressure cooker situation here for cross-country skiers in Norway. They really, really, really care. It's their national sport. So in the papers, every single time she's been competing in racing, you know, last year races in the 20s and even, you know, even races when she's 11th, which isn't a terrible race unless you're the two-time overall World Cup winner, Heidi Wang, you have to answer all those questions. And it was just grating at her. And, you know, just things weren't working. It's hard to know, you know, that she was not satisfied with her equipment at one point. And then, but then, you know, when things are going badly, you start just pulling, it's everything's wrong, right? <laughs> so it's like, it, so, and, and then that takes energy because you're trying to lift over every stone and then you're lifting over stones that don't need to be lifted. And you get into this death spiral of negativity and, and, and loss of confidence. And she really, really worked hard this off season to pull that back and, Earlier in the spring, it wasn't looking that good again. It was kind of the same old, same old. And then all of a sudden in the fall, uh, when August, September hit, a switch hit, and the training just was so good again. And and so many positive signs, talking with the girls and hearing what's been happening. You know, the workouts were looking so good. Her testing was looking so much better, and she really, really turned to switch. So she turned things around, and, and to come into the World Cup here now and be second in the mini tour absolutely beautiful race today from 10th from 10th yeah. to maybe second yeah. uh just just a just a great storyline and it's good for the sport to have Heidi back in the game it really is okay so let's um jump back to Sadie Mobe Bjornsson so she has a new name I gotta make sure I get that straight the yellow bib and it obviously carries some weight and carries some like very positive vibe significance um what does that kind of mean when you're strolling around the compound, the World Cup compound with that on? Oh, it's hard to know. I mean, I've never worn the yellow bib. <laughs> so, you know, Alex is, I've worn, uh, I've worn some bibs for the, at the Tour de Ski and stuff. Alex has worn the Tour de Ski leader bib as well, but, uh, but I've never, I've never worn the World Cup leader bib. Uh, so that's, that's quite the honor. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit like the Tour de France. You, you know, it is, a, it is an achievement just to wear it even for a day. Because this is a competition that is grueling and difficult, so I thought it was just so cool to see an American in in that yellow bib today. I thought it was so rad, and for sure, she's obviously having sky high confidence. I mean, come on, she was third. I mean, she was at podium, and then just outside of the podium the day after in the in the ten k classic. So Sadie obviously came into the season all guns a blazing. So she it was well deserved, but at the same time, all bow to the queen. And when the day was out, there was. Uh, a little blonde Norwegian that, that uh, wants to wear that yellow <laughs> yellow bib again, and that's Teresa. So, I mean, but that's uh, that's the each day. Yeah. So, a couple of other standout performances from today was uh, Jesse Ziggins moved up in the ranks from, gosh, she started in bib twelve and ended up fifth. And another Norwegian skier, Astrid Jakobsen, went from fifth to third. Comments on, on, on those skiers. And just kind of noting here, it's like Krista Parmakasi kind of bumped back a bit in the standings. Yeah, I know. Krista, Krista didn't have the best day today, which is too bad because the hometown uh, hero <laughs> had a couple great races. And then to fall, to fall a couple ranks, is, of course, she'll be disappointed. But um, on the positive note, let's Jesse Diggins. I mean, it's not often that Jesse is overshadowed by, team, by teammates, uh, especially lately. 
and Mercedes skiing so wonderfully and, and Sophie having some great races early. He's not just the World Cup here, but um, some other races. Jesse's first two races, I mean, while they were totally solid, they were amazingly solid and classic. Uh, for sure, she would have been a little bit disappointed, but she showed today that she's, yeah, nobody digs like Diggins, and um, to come all the way up to fifth with a beautiful performance like that, uh, that that bodes well for the for the rest of the year. And I mean, she's got a great team around her, and Cork has, yeah, Jason does such a great work uh, with, with Jesse and uh, after the, her second place in the overall World Cup last year, I mean, I, I, this is a really, really good sign. So it was a classic heavy weekend in Jesse to finish fifth in the overall uh, tour for this. This looks good moving into the weeks ahead. And then Astrid, one quick thing on Astrid, sorry, is, no, uh, is uh, I, I was actually very curious. She has not trained with the Norwegian national team this year. She's been back with her club. You know, she's she's in med school, as she's told yep. me before, told everyone before. She, she likes to flex that a bit, but it is impressive. Yeah. It is really impressive. So if you're going to flex on something, you might as well flex on being a med student and a world-class skier. But, uh, you know, she was, it was kind of an unknown. She, she finished the season last year poorly. Um, her motivation was a little up and down. She actually was telling people that she was going to retire. She even organized a retirement party uh, and paid for everyone to come and invited over 100 people to it. And then in the end, Hyde got some cold feet and said, I'm not ready to retire. This is just a kind of a fun party. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was really kind of curious to see, uh, is, Astrid kind of, is Astrid kind of done, like mentally? You know, because it's a lot to balance. Yeah. It's a lot to balance with school and, and competing at a high level. And, I, and, you know, now all of a sudden you're not training with the best ski team in the world. And you're like, really, how's this going to work? But uh, you saw today, absolutely wonderful performance. Not just today, but uh, the whole weekend, actually, for Astrid. was a big step forward compared to last 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 spring, for example. So she's done something right. And to be back on the podium, I wasn't sure we were ever going to see Astrid back on uh, in a tour podium uh, so that was really 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 wonderful race for her okay and one last thing before we move on to the men's side is and this has obviously been big news in in norway but last year's overall world cup winner is not present and uh that is Ingvald osberg and i'm gonna let you explain a little bit but but she has been pulled for you know quote kind of health reasons uh from competing for at least several weeks and she's been pulled by her team just in, in both of us being kind of mindful of her privacy and yeah. So what's going on with that situation? Well, the reality is Norway has a very, very extensive follow-up plan in place for all their athletes on the national team. And that handles on, of course, like blood tests and uh, physicals from, from the medical staff and, and all sorts of things. But but uh, there's also a piece that they take very, very seriously here in Norway, and that is bone density and, and body composition numbers and to see that they're going in the right direction. Because it's one thing to win ski races, but they want to make sure that athletes are healthy for the long term. That only helps their brand, too. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. uh, it's important. So a big part of that is it's what's known as a DEXA scan, um, which which is is just a scanner, a type of scanner that measures that measures and assesses bone density, and of course it it also does a full body composition, so like what percentage of lean muscle and fat and, and that sort of thing. Um, so obviously Inveld has has been flying a little too close to the sun, and and. 
just was under their acceptable limit with these DEXA scans, while also taking into consideration the other checks and balances the Norwegian ski team has. And yeah, it's a pretty amazing thing that the Norwegian medical staff decided that, yep, you know what, you, you need to take care of yourself now and we need to see... We need to see all these parameters get a little further away from the sun again before you can race. It's, um, it's in one sense, it's a, I mean, it, it's a, it's a crazy decision in, in one sense, in the sense that, like you said, the overall reigning World Cup winner, it doesn't get to race. Uh, but at the at the other side of the coin, I really, really respect the Norwegian yeah. uh, health health team. To say that you know what, as good as you are as a skier, not just you, not just Ingvald personally, but as a team, as a collective, it doesn't matter how many medals you win, it doesn't matter how many globes you have on your mantle at home. Your health is first and foremost the most important thing, and they took the decision to to prioritize Ingvald's uh, Ingvald's health. And and uh, while she is healthy, she's not crazy sick or anything. Uh, when you start messing around with with bone density and that sort of thing, that can have some long term effects. So. This is uh, this is the decision the Norwegians made, and I'm not sure there's another team in cross country skiing that has such an extensive measurement system of all their athletes. and And I think it's good. I think it's good for sport yeah. because it, you know, yes, you you have to be lean to be good in in, in skiing in some ways. Uh, it's a it's an endurance sport, just like running, just like cycling. Uh, of course, it's a little different. You need upper body power and cross country skiing as well. But but um, you know it can have some long term effects if you if you yeah if you play a little play a little fast and loose. And um, I think a lot of other teams in the world could take note of of what Norway does with with keeping track of their athletes. So I I tip my hat to the Norwegian medical team. That's it's a hard decision, but it's the right one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, onto the men's side, you know, Klebo wins the overall, probably, probably no surprise there. He redeems himself in the sprint last year. He kind of pulled up early uh, and was passed by Bolshinov in like the last meter and a half or so. We had Niskanen, Ivo Niskanen from Finland have a really solid weekend, in particular in the uh, distance events. And another local from Norway, Emil Iverson, uh, finishing second overall. Let's start with Klebo. And uh, first off, his sprint performance where he won by, you know, over four seconds. He absolutely demoed the field in the sprint. And I thought it was kind of neat because, while in one sense, it's a little bit like Tereza, right? Oh, wow, Tereza won the distance races, like, surprise. But <laughs> it's a little like that with Claybo too, in classic sprinting. If you look historically at the last year and a half, how many classic races, classic sprints, sorry, has Claybo, uh been contested with? Never. Um, but in Vitastol in a week ago, he was fifth and didn't look that good. And there was a lot of talk, like, as there should be in a country that's crazy for cross-country skiing, that, ooh, What's happened here with Claybo sprinting? It's uh, maybe it's come off a bit, or maybe he's a little carrying a little fatigue. It's like, not the case. Right. <laughs> so he he got to the World Cup. He put his his big kid boots on and he laid the boot those boots to the to the field and won easily. That was a dominant performance. Yeah, we, like you said, like you said, it probably did feel a bit good last year when he tried to be a little too Nortag uh, yeah. and play it up for the play it up for the crowd and and then got pipped by Bolshinov. He. He made no mistake that uh, today that's not happening. 
And I think what's even more impressive about Claybo today, I mean, what did you expect? You, of course, with those three guys, unless, unless Bolshinov with some of the big boys could have came, if they would have came back, maybe it would have been something else, but they were just a little too far. But I mean, against Everson and Niskin and, uh, against Claybo and in the, in the sprint finish, like, forget it. They had no chance. So it was a predictable win after you saw that he was starting first today. But at the same time as 10K Classic yesterday, I think we could take a little bit of time to unpack that. It was He was second. He got beat handily by, by Niskanen. doesn't seem like much, 10 seconds, 10, 11 seconds, but it actually is in, at that level. And um, But to be second there, I mean, he didn't have any distance races, individual start distance races last season that were anywhere close to this one. So he's, he's, he's ready to rock and roll, and he showed that today winning the mini tour. Okay, well, let's... Um Talk, talk about Niskanen a little bit. And he, I kind of looked up yesterday and I know he, his classic skiing is kind of his jam. He has, I think the only race, not, and I qualify this, the only races, but he's won four races on the world cup, all of which are 15 K classics in individual start 15 K classics. And I hope I'm um, got those fist stats, right? Uh, so that's sort of his specialty. And he's been known as, a, a dominant classic skier. Um, he obviously won yesterday, but here he is uh, in a skate race. You know, the, today's race was a pursuit, and and he's third. He's surprised by that kind of performance from him. You know what? I would have been surprised if I if I wasn't such a Nordork. Uh, Niskanen obviously is really stepped up this year. I mean, in, in a fist race, he won a skate race against a lot of the top Russians, and that was a shocker. Because an individual start skate race is kind of like the kryptonite for Niskanen in the past. And, and to win that, you have to be in amazing form. And you also have to have made some big gains in the skate technique. So I was ex- I was really excited to see how he'd do today. I mean, oh, like traditionally, you, you just think you'd get the floor wiped with him. But uh, he, he really did ski a, a great race. Technically, he looked solid. He's in amazing shape. That You can't win World Cups without being in amazing shape. And he's an athlete that shows up in his home country every time. Of those World Cup wins, if you, if you dig into the stats with Niskanen, like, a lot of those World Cup successes come in his home country. So he's, yeah. uh, so so in one sense, I wasn't surprised that he won yesterday because he always seems to win only in Finland <laughs> or or championships. Uh, he's world champion and Olympic champion too. Yep. Um, but but um, today, at, at the same, I was I can't say I was surprised but only because I saw what he did in the last weeks leading into the World Cup. So, And, and today he did try. He tried to ski in the last lap. He really tried to, to ski Claybo and and Everson off his back, and he couldn't. So, yeah, of course, he got the doors blown off him in the sprint finish, but of course he did because Emily Everson's a great sprinter and Claybo's the best sprinter that's ever been. So third in the mini tour, it's fun to watch him overall. And then I want to talk a little bit about Bolshinov. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was fifth. I mean, he... Seems a little disappointing uh, for fans of the Russian team uh, because, yeah, he's a beast. But uh, you know, there's just been some hilarious stuff going on in the media with Bolshinov with his training, and he, he let slip that he's trained over 90 hours in the last three weeks. Oh. And I'm no math uh, super champ, but if you you don't need to pull out the, the calculus formulas and, and, and that sort of thing. To, uh, to figure out that, that that translates into over four and a half hours of training every single day with no days off leading into these World Cups. First of all, that's bullshit. Like, sorry for my swearing, but that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, so that's, that's an exaggeration. But um, that's what he's saying. And, 
if you're fifth in the mini tour after training four and a half hours every single day for 21 days and also competing because he's been doing these preseason races. He raced yesterday. He raced the day before. But if you want to hold the math to over 90 hours in three weeks, that means when the race is over, your cool down is an hour and a half. And then in the afternoon, you go up for an easy two and a half hour ski. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's real life, but right. he probably is training quite heavily. And um, to come fifth in the mini tour, it shows that the I main Bolshinov is is still a total beast, and and will be will be fun to to watch the the competition between him and uh, the Norwegian team moving forward. It'll be really interesting. Okay, so I want to pop through a question here that kind of speaks a, a little bit to what you alluded to with Bolshinov and and how people kind of come into the season, whether it's like with a heavy load or maybe a slightly lighter load. One example is like Andrew Musgrave, who, you know, has, has tends to, and he's from Great Britain, lives in Norway and very likable personality and seems to like really peak and dial for certain races. He's been commenting on social media. He's just like not feeling it right now and sort of expected to have different sensations. So that said, I'm curious, you know, when an athlete comes into the world cup and it's the first weekend and you have three races under your belt or two races under your belt and you've expected to feel sharp and you don't, what do you do? What are, what are sort of some of the tweaks? <laughs> it's an athlete that's panicking and is disappointed and grumpy. Uh, no, of course it's, it's uh, disappointing to, to not start the season where you expect it to be. But if you want to use Musgrave as an example, since you brought him up, I mean, they've, they're known to take some, you know, uh, uh, risks, in, for lack of a better word, uh, with their preparations, and they're always trying to to have a better prep plan come in better. They're 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 a team that really likes to lift over those stones and see what's underneath. And and they've been in Ramsau for one month, yeah. four right. weeks, leading into this season. I and mean, he's been really good in Kusumo in the past. If you go back traditionally, he's had a lot of top fifteen performances in Kusumo. He's been really strong. Uh, in classic as well, and um, this year he fell flat and he just wrecked. He wasn't even top thirty uh, at the mini tour, which for him is very disappointing. Uh, but at the same time, if you if you're gonna take the risks, I mean, you know, don't write checks your ass can't cash. You know? <laughs> uh, if you're gonna spend a month at altitude when you live in Norway and try and push it as close to the World Cup start to the se- to the season like he did, sometimes it's not gonna work out, and they're gonna have a lot of unpacking to do. I mean, it's uh, but maybe it pays off big. Maybe by the tour de ski, he's just a total beast. So, so it's really interesting to follow along. And we have to remember too, it's late November. Right. But now it's December. Today it's December. But, but uh, it's late November. So you have these big teams like Norway, Russia. I mean, these guys have to be good. If they do not have, like you saw Paul Goldberg today, fourth. He has a bad race today. If he has a bad weekend, see ya. <laughs> you're right. you're off. You're on the Norwegian Cup and the Scan Cup. We'll give someone else a chance. So, so they, they need to be so sharp early in the season. The, 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 the guys that are absolutely amazing ski racers, but not the Claybos that get the free pass and, uh, or the Bolshinovs that get the free pass every time. So Musgrave and the smaller teams, that's where they can really have a huge advantage is they can try new things and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, yeah, he's forgotten, buried in the 30s. He's pack-filled with Musgrave this weekend. But at the same time, he, he can afford that sort of that sort of those sorts of weekends because he knows next weekend he gets another chance in the weekend after and every single weekend on the world cup he can have a chance uh to to get better so so that's what makes skiing kind of exciting 
um, especially early in the year, because the big teams, you see guys that it's just like they're they're fighting for their paycheck, they're fighting for their meal. Because yeah, you have a string of bad weekends early in the season as a Norwegian that's not a superstar, and you have a one way ticket to the Norwegian Cup. So so it's uh, that'd be interesting. But like you said, it's they they definitely they like to play a little. Yeah, they like to play fast and loose with yeah. the training philosophy which is exciting but it hasn't worked so far but uh, don't don't write them off yet i mean if musgrave comes back to the true ski in his top five at the end then then we'll you know you don't want to write a guy like that off because he has the ability to do that okay so next weekend um the big world cup circus comes to your backyard we've got a 15k scaffold for the women 30k scaffold for the men and then a four by five k relay on the women's side, and four by seven five relay for the men. So, um, I personally love watching the skiathlon, and I'm I'm glad it's not a dinosaur. At least it hasn't been exterminated from the World Cup schedule. Um, but yeah, what what can we expect or look forward to for next weekend? Oh, it's going to be awesome. The Lillehammer course is the hardest on the World Cup. It's a beast, and skiathlons are a great event. Relays are fun too, so I'm glad that's back on the World Cup. Uh, what can we expect? We can expect Teresa to win easily um, in the women's side. We can expect some more Norwegian dominance, I'm sorry to say. It's a great event for them. Um, on the men's side, it's it's going to be what you saw today. You're going to see a lot of Norwegians uh, in the top 10, as you do every year in Lillehammer. And the real reason for that is, like I, like I said earlier, uh, this is their meal. This is their meal ticket. You want to stay on the World Cup. You want to be consistently week in, week out on the World Cup for Norway. That means you have to play early in the year. So they'll be ready. Russia will be strong as well. But um, what is so amazing about Lillehammer is <laughs> the reason why I hated this course so much is uh, there's a there's a hill out there that's so long and and people will come undone. People will. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. So there'll be some there'll be some action for sure. I'm really interested now to see how Niskanen does next weekend after having a great skate performance. Like you said, I, I would have never put him in the top five uh, contender for for a skiathlon. I still am not going to put him there, but um, I am looking forward to seeing how he does, and I'm also looking forward to see how Sandvik bounces back. Yeah, because this was a disappointing weekend. Vita Stolen was a fiasco. Right, but. Sunbi is one of the better skiers of the last 10 years, no question. He's one of the best skiers ever, uh, if you want to be totally honest. And, and he's had a rough start here. So um, Lillehammer has been good to him in the past. So we'll see if he can turn it around in a short period of time. Maybe he's carrying some fatigue. He has, he has fatigue in a lot of other dimensions. He's got a couple kids. He's, he's sitting on a couple boards of, of companies. He's really trying to learn the business game uh, as well. You know, he said in the media earlier, uh, about a week and a half ago that he has no education so this is his way to, to learn <laughs> how to live as an adult <laughs> so uh, um, he's been he's been stretched a little thin and maybe it's caught up with him I don't think so he's a beast so he should be back in action soon but this will this will hurt his his uh, self-confidence for sure getting beat by guys like Valness in the in a mini tour uh, that yeah. that's not gonna feel good if you're Sunday but um It'll be really exciting. And then for the realize, I mean, Norway's going to dominate. Russia will be good. Uh, I really hope the American women can can put together a great day. That'd be a lot of fun. Rosie Brennan, let's dip our hat to her. Yeah, let's chat about Rosie Brennan, who, you know, after the Olympics in 2018, uh, was diagnosed with the virus and just really, like, had zero energy and had a real solid start to the season last year. And here we are 
you know, she's top 10 overall in the three-day mini tour. Oh, absolutely phenomenal racing. And top 10 in the mini tour is one thing, but top eight in, in the classic race the day before. What a great story. I'm so happy for Rosie. I'm so happy for, you know, APU flexes again. You know, they just keep on flexing. Uh, Sadie did well, but Rosie, really, really, really proud of the the performances she put down. Well, I don't know why I said proud, but I mean, it's amazing performance and it's cool. Like you said, when you've really struggled and you've been racing, you know you can compete in the top 10 and you're, you're back in the 50s and you're dropping out and just things aren't working. And you come to the first World Cup of the year and you're like, boom. <laughs> let's yeah. put this behind me right away let's just like let's get this over with the monkey's off my back we're back and uh tip my hat wonderful wonderful performance really looking forward to seeing her in the relay with the girls next weekend and uh, yeah other than that i'll be working with the norwegian team as the lowest man on the totem pole so <laughs> i'm sure i'll be tired what is <laughs> testing that skis and oh gotcha that just means testing a lot of skis and carrying stuff and yeah but it's a lot of fun those guys are really it's a great group of guys who really uh, support staff of, of norway so i'm looking forward to catching up with them i did a lot of work with them last year so it's, it'll be fun to to be back in that role just for the weekend but um other than that is i hope the weather cooperates and should be should be great racing you know if you have any and you can comment on this devin but if you guys have any questions for devin about the world cup any of the sort of ins and outs um, for the time being, send a email to info at fasterskier.com. We're going to get him set up with his own email, but we're a little slow on the uptake. Yeah. If you want to comment on that sort of inclusiveness with emails, comments, what have you. Yeah. We'd really love that. I think it'd be really, really fun to, to get a discussion. I mean, North America is kind of an island uh, way out there in the South Pacific of ski uh, compared to where it happens here in Europe week in, week out. So it'd be really, really good to create a dialogue with the community if you have any questions. There's no questions that are too ridiculous. Or if you think I'm ridiculous, please let me know. It's fun. It won't hurt my feelings. I'm 37. <laughs> Actually 36, but still. But still time ticks. All right. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. No, thanks. What is it be fun? Take care.